0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of The Tour Report from Secret Golf. I'm Diane Knox-Bayless. Oh my gosh, that's the first time I've used my marriage name now. Um, and I'll be joined by Stu Elkington in just a little while. So on the podcast this week, we're going to be talking about the Bermuda Championship. Actually, to give it its new full title, it's the Butterfield Bermuda Championship. And that's the event this week on the PGA Tour. We have a lot to talk about with regards to the field. And we're going to give you ones to watch. And our top picks this week. You can play along and get in the game on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app. Our games are going to be open this week, and well, you can join one of our public games. I know that Elk already has two open, so you. Get on there, you pick a four ball team and by the end of Sunday, the lowest aggregate score wins. So it's in the app store on all iOS devices and just search for the SG Tour. Now, last week, it was the Zozo Championship in Japan and Elk, you called Matsuyama as the winner.
0: I did, Diane. I just understand, I think... Uh, what it means to him. He's the only Asian to pull on a, a green jacket. And what could be possibly better for Matsuyama than to win an Olympic medal, which he almost medaled over there, but then to win the Zozo. So now he really is goes down in history as, you know, the two biggest events in the Japanese people's minds are the master's. And the Zozo.
1: Mm -hmm. What a year for him. Unbelievable. And the way that he finished with that eagle on 18 to win by five strokes. He was one of the favorites heading into the week. We had talked about that along with Colin Morikawa and Xander Shoffley. And a special week for Shoffley. His grandparents got to watch him play. It was just a great event. The only thing about the, the, the tournaments in Asia, and it's such an obvious point to make, but I think I felt it more this year than ever before, is it's really difficult to watch the golf and follow along with the action. And unless you're committed to staying up all night and completely wrecking your sleep schedule for a couple of days, you're catching up in the morning and it's not the same. It really isn't. But, you know, watching his highlights from Sunday, Matsuyama with an amazing win.
0: Yeah, I watched the, I watched some of the highlights. Uh, I didn't watch it live, of course, but, you know, he, he, he did say, you know, I like to listen to interviews and what they talk about, and he did say he wasn't playing very well. But, you know, Matsuyama is well-known for sort of giving up on a shot and then we follow the TV and it, and it lands 10 feet from the pin. He's a very precise player. It gives me a little bit of insight of how narrow his targets are. I mean, if you're aiming at a pinpoint and you hit it 20 feet right of the pinpoint, then you feel terrible. But – Matsuyama has an enormous amount of concentration and that shot that he hit on 18, I mean, yeah, he had a, had a three-shot lead at the time, big high-cut five-wood, just finished in style for the Japanese crowd. It was just uh, it was amazing to listen to them all clap. You know, they clapped for like six, seven minutes after it was over. Different style. But, you know, we're looking at a different group of players, Diane. We're looking at, you know, when you talk about Shoffley, Matsuyama, a lot of these guys, they're almost uh, becoming worldwide players. They're not afraid to travel. We saw them, you know. To- we saw them at the Olympics. You know, we saw Morikawa um, win the Open Championship, no problem. Keeps moving around the world very easily, and playing very good golf. And I'm, I'm kind of enjoying this. We've seen eras of golfers where they wouldn't travel. We remember when Curtis Strange skipped the British Open when he was number one in the world. Um, so. Um, you know, I think it's the money. I think it's the prestige, but it's, it's very refreshing to see these young guys just willing to move around the globe and play golf.
1: Yeah. Well, we have six guys who are moving around the globe this week, making the trip from Japan to Bermuda because this week on the PGA tour, it's the Butterfield Bermuda championship at Port Royal golf course. Elk, this place is stunning. It's the third year of this tournament and What's interesting to note is this year, like last year, you know, because of COVID and everything that had happened, this is a full event on the PGA Tour. So the winner will receive 500 FedEx Cup points, an invitation to the Masters, obviously their exemption. And when this tournament was first introduced onto the schedule, it was one of these alternate field events. So this is really exciting with a $6.5 million purse. It's a big week with a very, Interesting field.
0: Yes, interesting field for sure. The press and everyone is sort of touting it as, um, well, you may, I may get a call. To, I may be exempt into this field in a minute. They may go down so far that I may get invited to uh, Bermuda. There's been some travel difficulties with COVID. If you haven't been vaccinated, you have to sit for 14 days. So it's a revolving door around the uh, alternate list currently getting these guys in. We're seeing some names, Diane, that we have we've seen from the past. But here's the thing about this tournament. There's two reasons that guys are there in my mind. One is, you just noted it, the 500 FedEx Cup points, million bucks plus to win it. But it's so much more than that. I mean, it's, you know, exemption into the Masters, Players' Championship, PGA, you know, all these world events. It's in the millions and millions of dollars potentially even if they get into all these other events and finish last, it's a very, very lucrative winning spot. Mm -hmm. And the number two is Diane, this tournament has given up the winning, the trophy to the two shortest players on tour. You know, Brian Gay last year was 178th in driving distance. Um, Brendan Todd, when he broke a record on this uh, course, he was also in the 150th in driving distance. So, Everybody knows that this course is not a bomber's paradise. So they're all signing up for that. It's To me, it's almost like, you know, the, the lottery. I mean, you can go over there and literally hit the jackpot in one week.
1: The thing about this course, as you said there, I mean, it's a shorter course, so it's not one to just bomb it around. It's a par 71, just over 6,800 yards. And it's one of those courses where accuracy is going to be premium but the wind plays such a huge factor here I mean it's Bermuda it's a little island and I talked about the fact that the course is stunning it's because majority of the holes are on the water now the weather is going to be a factor this week because there's been this nor'easter that's been impacting the eastern seaboard of the US. And that's really gonna play havoc with the opening round. Gusts up to 35 miles per hour. So it's gonna drop down, but then kind of Saturday afternoon and into Sunday, the wind's gonna pick up again. So You know, whereas last year, I think the the scoring average for the field was just over 71 in its debut year. It was 69. And it's the wind that has been the differential there. So that's going to be a factor. And when we're looking at our picks this week is definitely something that we're taking into consideration.
0: Well, absolutely. We're taking it into consideration. Um, so what do you do when it's really windy? You know, I grew up playing in Australia in the wind. <clears throat> We've got some players on this, on this board this week. that are excellent players in the wind. And what does that mean? Guys that are, can hit it, you know, straight, you know, without too much curve into the fairway can keep their iron shots down. <clears throat> they don't, they're very shallow swingers, so they don't take a lot of divots. When you take it, when you think of guys it's like a Phil Mickelson that hits down on the ball a lot, he puts a lot of backspin. You see his ball spinning back on the green. That's horrendous in, in the wind, Diane. You, we're looking at sweepers, guys that can drive the ball in, uh, keep the ball pin high, all these sort of things. And this course, because it's short, has a lot of dog legs, has a lot of rough, and you think of, uh, you know, Uh, Brian Gay, the shortest sitter on the tour, just dinks it down the middle, dinks it up on the green and then, you know, works his way around the golf course that way. Mm -hmm. It's a very interesting um, set of circumstances that we're playing under this week. We've got some guys, you know, when we start to handicap this, Diane, as you know, we start to talk about why are they there? Why are these good players there? We know why a lot of good players aren't there. It's late in October. It's almost time for – you know, Christmas almost or Thanksgiving. And, you know, the uh, guys are looking for a rest. But the guys that are there, why are they motivated? Who are they and what is their form?
1: Okay, well, I've got Brian Gay's stats from last year. I mean, he was T4 in accuracy of the T, T15, Greens and Regulation and then sixth in putts per greens and reg. So Brian Gay, he is, as you say, one of the shortest on the tour, one of the most accurate as well, but he had a great week with a putter and that's going to be key. The thing about uh, this course is the greens are slow. I mean, they're coming in at about 10 and a half on the stint meter. The wind is obviously, you know, a huge factor when it comes to the the speed of the greens. So that's going to be completely necessary, but You know, you're looking at someone who has that accuracy, has that great greens and reg proximity stat, but then can just have a brilliant week with the putter. And that's going to be the magic formula.
0: Yeah, well, you just said it with Brian Gay. Fourth or so in driving accuracy, 15th in greens and reg, and then sixth in putting. He's basically topped out in all three categories. If Brian Gay was sixth or fourth in Uh, fairways hit at Augusta 14th and up there in putty, he'd probably be tied for 30th because there'd be guys that hit it 60 yards past him off the tee and just chew up the par five and just mow him down over the course of four days. They'd beat him by by a dozen strokes. So this course it works on. There's an interesting name, Diane, that comes to mind. I've seen his name floating around the top of uh, betting charts this week is your brother, Scotsman. Gosh! <laughs> and we, you and I, have talked offline about this. But Russell Knox has the—he's considered being one of the considered one of the greatest iron players currently on the tour. He's always up there in greens and Ray. He has a new caddy, Willie Wilcox, who's a who's a past tour player. I saw a stat the other day that they, he, Willie Wilcox asked if they are the only two combination that have shot fifty nine player caddy combination yes. that have both shot a fifty nine. I don't know the answer, but Russell Knox, as you've talked to me, your brother has talked about how he's looking for a fresh uh, attitude on the golf course. He doesn't feel like he needs an experienced caddy right now. He wants to have a little bit more relaxing uh, time with his caddy, and he's got it. He's taken a buddy over there. They're probably very focused. He skipped last week, had a chance to go to Zozo, did not. So I'm keeping an eye on Russell Knox, Diane. I'm not sure where he fits on the SG. Uh, to a gaming board, a b c probably a B or maybe an A this week huh? but what do you think about your brother's chances have you Have you been able to you know break it down with your brother
1: so he likes this tournament, he finished uh a- for 16th last year, 11th in 2019, and I remember last year actually when we did the tour report, you couldn't do that week, so Russell actually joined me from Bermuda and broke down the course, and it sets up so well for his game, um, especially with the wind. And we talk about the Australians and the Scots prevailing in those conditions, so that's going to be something on his side, but. Yeah, uh, Will Wilcox is going to be his caddy, not permanently. I think it's just a one-week deal. You never know what could happen. But, yeah, he just wants somebody that's going to bring a bit more energy to him on the course. And it's not to say anything bad about his last caddy obviously but um, they had been together for a long time him and Bradley just parted ways after Russell missed the cut in Vegas and he said it, it, it was just time they'd been together for such a long time that there just wasn't a, there, there wasn't the energy that's the word that he, keep, he kept telling me that he's really looking for when he's out there he wants to have a little bit more fun so having Willie Wilcox who's a bit of a personality on the bag this week should deliver that the other good thing with Russell and you alluded to him missing out in Japan and he had the chance to go but he loves this course and he loves El Cameleon next week for Mayakoba so having two pretty similar courses in a lot of ways back to back he thinks is really going to play to his advantage so I checked Russell's odds yesterday he was 60 to 1 he is now 45 to 1 so maybe more and more people are jumping on this because those odds are starting to slash but um yeah, you know me. It's very hard for me to go one way or the other with Russell because it's such an emotional <laughs> pick.
0: Well, I know when I see on Thursday morning when I open the SG2 a gaming app and I see a press under your name to see who you've chosen, I guarantee you, your brother, you only have three to pick because your brother will be one of those. Now, speaking of uh, Euros, Diane, there's two very interesting names that I'm I'm interested in talking about. Both have just won within the last couple of weeks. Danny Willett <clears throat> just won on the windiest place on earth over in St. Andrews in the Dunhill links. Mm-hmm. And Matthew Fitzpatrick, who was on the Ryder Cup team, very sort of quiet, calm, calculated player, just won, I think, in Spain. So why are they there? Well, the reason those, both of those guys are there, they've come over from England. It's lousy weather probably over there. They're coming to a, to an island. I know Euros love to go to islands, Diane. I'm sure that's true, but they're looking for the springboard. They, they want to jump on this springboard, get the Masters, all these other events. I mean, in six months from now, either one of them won this week, you wouldn't remember where they won, but you just see them at every major and, and just, just changes everything
1: well there um for all the reasons that you just gave those guys are definitely two of the favorites this week especially Fitzpatrick he still has not won on the PGA Tour coming off that win at Valderrama and doing it bogey free in the final round to Matthew Fitzpatrick is the favorite this week at 12 to 1 Danny Willett much higher at 40 to 1 um he played, this is actually his second time playing here and last year did not play well at all. It made the cut and then finished pretty much down the bottom of the pack. But as you say, he had good momentum winning the Dunhill, then played all right at the Shriners in Vegas as well. So those are definitely two names. I think Danny Willett, there's a at 40 to one. Those are really good odds.
0: Speaking of Danny Willett and the Masters champion, there's another masters champion that's in this field Diane and if you want to if you want to describe the reason that Patrick Reed is playing in Bermuda you just have to understand that he doesn't give a rat's foot about anything he, the reason that Patrick Reed's going to Bermuda is for one reason that's to win he is trying to springboard himself back into relevancy not that he's not but he he sort of had that weird COVID lung double lung where they thought he was going to die made it to the Tour Championship got kind of left out of the Ryder Cup because he was injured left out of everything not playing in Tigers event in Bermuda later on and he's just looking for some I don't know you you tell me he 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 couldn't care less if there's nobody playing in this field. He is there for one reason.
1: I mean, as you say, he's a Masters champion, so he has scaled to the elite level of the game before. And then there's been this little um, shadow of doubt over him, which having double pneumonia as well and not playing, not being picked as a, a captain's pick for the Ryder Cup. I, I think Patrick Reed will first of all, you know, you hope that he's back to full health and fitness, and you know it's his um, debut playing in Bermuda so he as you say he's going out there with one thing on his mind he's he's going to be looking at this as a very weak field and wants to trample all over these guys but with that comes a lot of pressure in that sense that he's uh, you know going to be the when you look at the entire field maybe besides Fitzpatrick right now and the way that he's playing Reed's going to be up there as one of the favorites but we know how good a putter he is. So if we can see, first of all, the accuracy of the tee, and then the grey iron play and putting from Reed, then it could be a, a monstrous comeback in some ways for him.
0: He plays good in in um, you know tropical areas. He's played. He's won at Kapalua. I mean, he he he. The guy travels so easily. We talked about that last week. You know who plays well when they travel. You know. We kind of nailed a lot of those guys last week. Uh, of course, you know this, uh, there's, the, there's also an exciting time for a lot of these young guys This will be kind of their first. A lot of the Porn Ferry guys didn't get in the first couple of events, and this will be the first one. So there will be an excitement side of this event. There'll be 20 or 30 guys that are coming in to play their first event. As a PGA member now, Diane, maybe not 20, maybe a dozen guys will be there for the first time. And then the field is backfilled with all kind of guys. One of them who's coming off a medical exemption, Chris Stroud. Uh, he's been sitting for a year. I was with him last week, Diane. Stroud's sort of coming back for the first time. He did play out and, and uh, missed the cutout in uh, Napa a couple of weeks back. But he's playing well. We spent a whole half a day together. I was watching him go right through the bag. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if Stroud come, pops up, Diane, and plays some good golf after. We were together. We, we tightened a lot of things up, took a lot of, you know, when you think about a player they have a lot of ideas when they've been sitting for a year, you know, their swing gets, you know, I'm going to try this or I'm going to try that. So I just took, I just cut all the, the fat away like a like a ribeye steak, Diane, and got it down to a streamline. This is what's going to work, Chris. This is what's going to work with your swing. This is what the iron game, this is the chipping. This is the bunker play. This is the putting. We just cut, 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 cut. And there's an old expression, Diane, when you're a tour player, And you're trying to find your swing or you're coming off an injury. There's an old expression. I hope this makes sense. We add, we add, we add, we add, we add. We're adding all these things. I'm going to add this move on the back swing. I'm going to add this move on the down swing. I'm going to add this thing with my leg action. I'm going to add this thing with my chipping. And then you do that for a while. And then you start to take away. I'm going to take away, take away, take away, take away. And you finished up with a streamlined model. I did that for him last week. I was his eyes, and we 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 streamlined it down good, and he is hitting the ball like unreal.
1: Okay, well, Chris Stroud is three hundred to one.
0: Well, there's could be my if he shows <laughs> up in the COD and SG tour, uh, that could be. A very nice pick I shouldn't have told that I won last week too so I shouldn't be giving away my tips like this
1: oh, well that, those are great odds for, uh, for yeah. a little bit of inside knowledge I mean that's what it's all about on this show
0: get in the game on the SD Tour Golf gaming app and play four ball it's a classic stroke play competition based on the aggregate scores of four players who makes your team well pick four guys one from each tier based on the current world golf rankings. Want a tip? You need four guys to make the cut. Get in the game on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app, available on iOS in the App Store. Now, we do have some rookies that are very well positioned, Diane. Three young guys Hayden uh, Buckley, Chad Ramsey, and Mito. Pereira. 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 <laughs> what do you? What can you tell me about those guys? They're the hot young guys. They're the sort of the Will's Alatoris of this class of uh, players.
1: Pereira was uh, out of all the. Corn Ferry Tour graduates he was the one that was on everyone's radar when he made his PGA Tour debut and that was at Silverado at the well the start of the season first event of the season and he finished solo third so he definitely lived up to the hype his pace has slowed a little bit since then but he's definitely still going along and I think that you know he's made all of the cuts in the three events that he's competed in so far so Another guy who's a definite favourite this week when you talk about the newbies on the mediator Tour is Hayden Buckley. And I know that you were big on him after he's had a hot start to the season too and a great showing in Vegas. So I think Hayden's another one to watch. And let me just find his odds.
0: There's a lot of Australians in this field, Diane. Some old guys. I think I even saw Robert Allenby, Greg Chalmers. He's not so old. But Diane, I am particularly looking at one new superstar player that I hate to have to tell you today because I usually want to keep him for myself for my game. But Lucas Abear, or we call him Herbert. Which way are we going?
1: Well, I think it is Herbert. For some reason, you went yeah. with the Hebert when we talked about him on the show before. And, uh, yeah. well, I mean, it's kind of sticking with us. So
0: <laughs> Lucas Herbert is Aussie. And I think he was second at uh, your home event, the Scottish Open this year, played good in the Open. Just He's just one of these guys in that same – he's just one of these guys going to finish up on the U.S. tour. He's going to be a consistent player on our tour for 10 or 15 years. Lucas Abair, you are seen. Lucas Herbert, you are seen. Diane, the start of it from Australia, will be no problem playing the win, mate. This is right up his alley. Could be the champion this week.
1: Wow. Well, yeah, he he was your dark horse for the Open Championship after he played so well at the Scottish. So yeah, um, and he didn't let
0: me down either. I think he was up there pretty good.
1: I want to get. He's sixty six to one this week, alongside another guy that you champion week after week, Matthew Naismith. So yeah, yeah. another
0: good iron player. I'm leaving him for sure. I'm going with Herbert this week. Um, Naismith doesn't putt as good as Herbert. Uh, Herbert's had. A lot of success in Europe this year. Stood over He's, the thing is, Diane. When you play in the wind, most of these guys can navigate themselves from you know tee to green. But where the where it really changes for everyone, you noted there that Brian Gay was top top five essentially in putting. And when it gets real windy, it does take a little bit of experience. But they're on Bermuda grass greens, as you said, they're ten 10 on the stem, which is quite slow. But they have to be slow because they otherwise they'll roll off uh, the sides. But you have to. Start to get a really wide based eye and get real still. And you have to play the wind a little bit on the break. You have to read some of it into it. It takes a lot of experience. That's where I'm going with Herbert this week. He grew up in the wind in Australia. So they, he knows all about it. So it's not going to be anything adjustment to him
1: okay uh, another name I'm looking at here is Sahith Thigala at 35 to 1 remember he was playing great at the Sanderson Farms Championship earlier this season and then didn't have a great Sunday it was um, Sam Burns that went on to dominate but still a top 10 finish for him and his accuracy and his greens and regs stats are really good he's so tall and skinny <laughs> man he can hit that ball but um, I think he might be a good he winner. might be
0: so he might be so- so skinny, the wind blows around him. It doesn't, it doesn't affect him.
1: <laughs> or it blows him away. <laughs> okay. Um, we were talking about Hayden Buckley a little while ago. He was 28-1. to uh, Two top 10 finishes this season already. I mean, as you say, it's a very interesting field this week and just you have such experienced players and then you have all these guys that you know I really want to make an impression on the PGA Tour and This is a brilliant field to do it against in Bermuda. Any other names that are on your radar?
0: Well, I've got one Canadian. Hadwin is always a great putter. I look at guys that can go, low. you know, who can putt good enough to actually win this tournament? Uh, You know, Hadwin from Canada, Bramlett, he's a young player. Joseph Bramlett played at Stanford. He gets hot, uh, makes a lot of putts. Um, you know, I'm looking at wind, wind, and wind this week. And we know you don't have to bomb it. So we haven't talked one thing about anything about distance. Don't need it. Don't even – maybe a – sometimes, Diane, when you play on a golf course, I'll give you an example uh, for myself is I played at Doral. I was a very good wind player. Grew up in Australia playing in the wind. I won twice at Doral. Uh, very windy course. Won twice at the Players' Championship. I almost played a three-wood almost on every shot I had a, a – a uh, low lofted three wood about 13 degrees 12 degrees and i was able to <clears throat> a lot of dog legs i didn't want to try to cut the dog leg i didn't want to go through the dog leg i would just hit this bullet low three wood out to the corner of the dog leg probably the way that brian gay played it probably the way that brendan todd played it just to just to keep it in play ball uh you know not trying to do anything too fancy off the tee. You know, some of the windiest golf courses in the world, we know Mark Leishman, who's not playing this week. I think it's his birthday today, by the way, Diane. We should send out a happy birthday to Leish.
1: Definitely.
0: Grew up in a place called Warnable in Australia. Um, The windiest place on earth, they say. So I don't know why Leish is not playing this week, but I do know it's his birthday. But um, playing windy golf, it's so much about the angle that you hit the, the angle you come in on the ball, Diane, can you keep the ball? Can you, I, you know, we see a lot of these guys, 180 yards hitting a nine iron or a wedge. It's almost the opposite. When you play in the wind, it's 180 yards. You might hit a five iron, a chip five iron. We're all all about the trajectory. Mm -hmm. So of course, all these players know that. And I'm rambling here a little bit, but I'm looking at players that will, that have the, that can do it can go low enough.
1: I've got two more names that I'm going to throw into the mix very quickly. One of them is... Where's
0: your, where's your guy that you were touting so heavy? In the
1: I am, this is, is who it? I'm talking about. Hank Levioda. <laughs> so he's <laughs> 60 to one this week. He had a top 20 finish in Bermuda last year. And in 2019, he finished in a tie for third. So obviously some good vibes around this course for Hank. And here's another name. And um, Brian Stewart is 80 to one. Now, I think... He's so high because he hasn't made a single penny or earned a single FedEx Cup point this season already. Three miscuts. Very uncharacteristic of the Brian Stewart that we saw in the latter part of the 2020 season. However, he's one of the shortest hitters on tour and he's one of the most accurate. And those are two things that are going to bode well around Port Royal this week. So I think at 80 to one, maybe this is the Brian Stewart comeback that he's been looking for to get his season going.
0: Yes, we talk a lot about Why are players there? How are they motivated? We've already talked about a few of them. My friend, our friend, Jason Duffner, who is basically a major champion, PGA champion, now has found himself not exempt on the tour, getting exemptions. He always plays good, Diane, when people tell him he can't do something. Can he putt good enough? We certainly know he's not the longest guy on tour and he's one of the great iron players out there. Can he play good enough to do something in Bermuda? He's just come back from a holiday for two weeks in Italy. I spoke with him on the phone yesterday. He's feeling fresh. Um, you know, it's interesting, Diane, how these players, where are they in the uh, biorhythms of their game? You just talked about Brian Stewart, who's been bottom of the biorhythms. I'm, I'm calling it biorhythms. I really mean form. Where are they in the form? You know, at the Bermuda this week, there's a lot of guys that think they have a chance because of the the two players that have won this event. And there's going to be a lot of optimism in this field, Diane, because they know a shorter hitter can win. And, And they know Brian Gay is not that superior a player, even though he's been on tour a long time. And they think, well, certainly I could do this for a week
1: yeah for sure well you know we've got the the model of how he won last year hit the fairway hit the green make the pot it doesn't really get more simple than that however the thing that's really going to mix it up this week is the wind especially in the opening round but this is a beautiful course the scenery is stunning it's maybe well actually we've got two back-to-back gorgeous courses this and then mayakoba so we're definitely going to enjoy watching it but i think we've got some good picks this week as well
0: there's one other European name that I'm going to let you take a crack at with oh. uh, your Scottish accent because you're so good. You've just did the Ryder Cup for Europe. He wasn't a Ryder Cup, but could you lay on the the and hoot? Thank you, got <laughs> it. Pretty good <laughs> there.
1: <laughs> Sixteen to one, Christian Bezadenhut.
0: God that sounds
1: good. who but it's one of those things that I hear so many different pronunciations of his name so I but I think that's right. Anyway, he's definitely one of the favorites this week as well. As I said, 16 to 1 there and he's actually he's making a season debut. He was playing over in the I think the BMW Championship. on the European tour it was the last time we saw him and he finished fifth but I mean he's 43rd in the official world golf rankings right now so expect to see this name on those leaderboards a lot over the next couple of months Christian Bezaden Hoot
0: (laughs) I like the way you got the hoot at the end with the Scottish Uh, that's good
1: I think I said it two different ways
0: Everybody is kind of bagging this event. It's, it's difficult to get there. Lost luggage, you know, COVID restrictions. But we have to realize at the end of this week, the guy who wins this couldn't care less. It's going to be such an amazing springboard for whoever it is. If we see one of the Euros that have Willett, Fitzpatrick, it's just going to send them into the stratosphere where they want to be. Seeing a real resurgence of Danny Willett. If it's one of the young guys, we'll be talking about them, uh, whether it's Mito or Buckley or Ramsey, Mito Pieria. Uh, it'll be in the vein of Will Zalatoris. My pronunciation, just my spelling's wrong in front of me. Will it be the up-and-comer Lucas uh, Herbert from Australia, and we'll be talking about him going yeah. forward? So. To me, you know, this is a real springboard event. I don't care they're bagging the diet. I don't care. I'm loving it because the story that emerges from this, is going to be awesome.
1: I love it too, for two reasons. The winner will be playing at the Masters next April. And also, when all is said and done, a win is a win. No one's going to look back and be like, oh yeah, but it was only the Bermuda Championship and it was a weak field. No, it's part of your legacy and a win is a win. Or will it
0: be the Reed? Will it be Patrick Reed trying to get to the Hall of Fame? adding another one to the ledger
1: so many we'll good storylines right elk thank you very much a lot of good names to look out for this week so it's the bermuda championship watch out for that wind and then next week off to mexico for the mayakoba tournament and we will be back well with our tv version of the tour report and of course another podcast for you
0: Thank you, Diane. Or could it be Russell Knox? And what a party that would be.
1: Yeah, I would not be available on Monday if that's the case. (laughs) Me either. I'm going with you.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.